Good morning, and thank you for joining with me once again as we continue our Read Through the Bible in a Year a series of devotions. Uh, we are in 2 Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, we'll be looking at chapters 7, 8, and 9 uh, this morning. And so if you have a Bible and can open it, uh, go ahead and open it to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 7. We'll take a few minutes and, and uh, summarize what is going on uh, in those chapters and come back uh, for some emphasis uh, in chapter 7, verses 10 through uh, 13. And so uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians 6 has spoken of uh, the reality of the church and its identity uh, as, as the people, uh, even as the temple of God, and calls us, the church, uh, to holiness there in uh, the beginning of chapter 7. Probably chapter 7 may best go with chapter 6. And as he begins to uh, speak again, uh, of remembering uh, his chastisement of the church uh, there in the first Corinthian letter, at least the first letter that we have in our Bibles, uh, he reflects upon the fact that he uh, had to say some things that were uh, fairly harsh but uh, seemed to uh, have been effective in provoking uh, repentance on the part of the church. And so he uh, turns from uh, that issue and uh, the, the encouragement he received from Titus regarding what was going on in, in Corinth uh, to his commendation and encouragement to give generously uh, for the support of the believers who are in Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem had uh, experienced a, a great deal of hardship, uh, some of it coming from uh, direct persecution, some of it may have been caused uh, by uh, particular uh, problems with uh, drought uh, producing uh, famine there in that region. And so uh, he's encouraging uh, these uh, Gentile believers uh, to give for the support of their brothers uh, who are Christians, who may also be Jewish, uh, living in Jerusalem. He thinks that would be a, uh, both a practically effective thing and make a statement uh, uh, regarding the unity of the church. So with those things being said, let's go back to chapter 7 and uh, verse uh, 10 and read there. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, uh, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point you have proved yourselves innocent in the matter. Uh, so although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong, but in order that your earnestness for us might be revealed to you in the sight of God. And therefore, uh, we are comforted. So Paul makes a, a very important distinction there as he speaks of repentance. And uh, you, could, you could say that he's distinguishing uh, repentance from remorse. That is, uh, remorse is a, an attitude, even an emotion, that is experienced uh, when we get caught in some type of... Uh, uh, regrettable action, a, a, a sin, uh, or that we get, uh, uh, we, we come to experience the consequence 
of our sinful behaviors or attitudes. And we're, we're deeply sorrowed maybe that we've hurt people we care about or we're deeply sorry that we've created a miserable situation for ourselves. But that in and of itself is not true repentance because at its core, repentance understands the offense. It's not that you've messed your life up or messed up the life of others, but that you have offended God. And so uh, the repentance uh, works deeply. The, the proof of repentance is uh, ongoing repentance, that uh, repentance has a, a long-lasting effect, uh, not that uh, uh, your post-repentant life is perfect, uh, but, but there is uh, something to be said uh, by uh, our repentance is, is proven by the way that we live and act uh, beyond uh, the occasion of the repentance. And so uh, remorse or shallow repentance uh, will only result in death, but repentance that, that only can come really through a work of God's Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a grief that, that God causes and provokes. Uh, it is that repentance that leads ultimately to, to salvation. And uh, in the believer, it is actually a demonstration of salvation that, that when we sin, we are convicted and we're convicted deeply as, and it, it proves actually that we're children of God. And so uh, he, he applies this concept to what had happened uh, as he confronted uh, these Corinthian uh, believers in uh, both their, their participation in and their tolerance uh, for sin uh, in their midst. And he had seen and heard enough from them uh, that demonstrated uh, that God had been at work, that uh, uh, repentance had indeed been experienced in the church. And that brought a great measure of comfort to the apostle uh, that the labors that uh, uh, he had engaged in there in Corinth were not in vain, uh, that God had genuinely worked both in their conversion uh, but in their ongoing growth, uh, given testimony to uh, in their repentance of that which he uh, called them out for. And so just a, a very important uh, biblical distinction. Uh, it is an eternal issue uh, to discern within ourselves uh, whether we have uh, truly repented and truly experienced uh, a change of attitude and action uh, about uh, sin in our life, or whether we're just sorry uh, that we have distressed ourselves or distressed others. So I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.